0: Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. We just celebrated Mother's Day, and I wanted to bring you some additional messages to keep reinforcing the value of motherhood and how important it is for mothers to be engaged with families and for us to honor our mothers. So I want you to join us today as we talk about 10 things my mother taught me. This is going to be an impactful message, so I want you to listen in. And for if you're a mother, I want to let you know that God honors you and God's blessing and God's hand is upon your life. Be encouraged and keep praying for your family and keep praying for your children and teaching your children the things of God. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. She stressed a college education I was expected to go to college I still remember her saying books and girls don't mix to my sister books and boys don't mix do first things first get your education get your education get your education Get some sense in your head. Learn something. Don't stop where I stopped. Go further than I went. We were encouraged to learn music. We took music whether we wanted to or not. And the music teacher was mean. (laughs) Sister Nelva went to the same teacher. She looked around and said, yeah, she mean. She was mean. She was mean. She'd hit us on the hands if we didn't play right. With a coat hanger. And then we had to come and we played the piano in church. We had to learn how to read music. She said, no, you're going to learn something. So we didn't have a choice on whether we wanted to participate or not. Mothers, when you leave choice to your children, we're not going to do anything. The Bible says train them up in the way that they should go. That means tell them they're going to do it or else they told us or else when we were really really small when we didn't know that they couldn't kill us. (laughs) But that was back in the days before CPS. If you call CPS they bring a switch. Go on beat them down we ain't got time for them. (laughs) Fourthly she taught us that God is real and that God answers prayer. God is real. Now, you can talk about God all you want to. You can come to church. You can hear about God. You can praise God. You can read the Bible. But where you learn where God is real is in the home. That's what a child is going to learn where God is real. Now, if he see you coming to church and talking about God, but coming home and acting like the devil. That child is going to put two and two together and going to figure out that maybe God's not real. Maybe you're just perpetrating. If you want to find out whether the parents are saved, ask the children. They will tell you. Your parents Pray? Pray? Mother did more than just talk about God. She lived for God. We saw the miracles and the manifested power of God in our house. See, we saw that. And that was meaningful to me, especially when I went to the university and the university professors who are smarter than anybody and that you are putting on a pedestal start telling you that God doesn't exist. I said, no, 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 no. It's too late. I've already seen the miracles of God in our home, and I can tell you about one answered prayer after another answered prayer for the impossible that happens in our home. We saw God move, we saw His divine protection, He was demonstrated in our home. I saw, I, I was there. When my mother would say to all of us, she says, all of you, y'all line up, you all have been selected for the army of God. You have been called and you have been, I have appointed you and have offered you to God for his service. And that was during the Vietnam War. And she says, you are in God's army, not Uncle Sam's army. She wasn't unpatriotic. She just said, I didn't raise you to go up there and get shot up and come back crazy. Five boys who were eligible for the Vietnam War in the time when our neighbors were getting killed, none of us served in the army. That doesn't mean that none of us got drafted. But when my brother got drafted, my mother said, oh no. I didn't raise him up for Uncle Sam's army. They had a lottery. Some of y'all remember, they started a lottery where they would pull your birthday and assign you a number. On the very first lottery, my brother was the very first pick. And they called him. And he had to report to camp. And even when it looked like it wasn't going to happen in terms of uh, avoiding the service, my mother said, and I went to God. Said, that's my boy. I didn't raise him for Uncle Sam's army. I raised him for God's army. He's gone. He sold his car. He packed up his stuff and went to camp. God, I know he's gone to camp, but he's not for Uncle Sam's army. I'm coming to you. You know I have dedicated those boys for you. He's gone. A few days later, we're sitting in the den, and he comes walking down the driveway. (laughs) She said, where are you going? They told me to come on home. Why? They they said I got a bad knee, so I started walking like that. (laughs) That's what they said. They said I had a bad knee. She had to do that for more than one. She said, Jerry, I remember when they called you and said you had to start reporting. She said, I held that letter up to God like Hezekiah held this letter up to God. Said, God, here's another one. We never served any time. We were in college and had a deferment. We weren't trying to avoid, but there was a lot of guys that went to college and still had to go to the army. That's just one thing that we saw, how God would move when you trust God. To say, yes, that was a song we used to sing. Yes, God is real. He's real in my soul. Yes, God is real. For he has washed and made me whole. She used to sing that all the time around the house. Yes, God is real. We learned that from my mother. Fifthly, we learned to be industrious, to work, to clean, to cook. She would say, my friends and family members would say, you got six boys. That was before my sister was born. You got six boys. You mean to tell me you got them cleaning the house and washing dishes and cooking? And I'm telling you, we were teenagers and preteens when we were cooking. We said, Yeah, they're cooking dinner. They got to cut up that chicken. They got to cook that cornbread from scratch. They're cooking peas and greens. And we were cooking like old folks. <laughs> so everybody got a job. Everybody has a job. If you're going to be around here, you work. My mother was complaining here a few weeks ago to one of my brothers who was just go on the go all the time, and, and she said, you need to slow down. She said, Mama, you made us work when we were so small, now you're trying to stop us. <laughs> but we worked. Everybody had a job. My earliest experience, we worked at the house so much, and we had a job all day long. There was cooking, there was cleaning, there was cutting the grass, there was doing all kinds of things, and we didn't like it, but it made us industrious. Our wives never have to worry about us working. My mother said, y'all didn't like it, but I tell you what, when y'all left home, ain't nobody come back for no help. We didn't have to get nobody, no help. We didn't have to send nobody no money because you couldn't make it. You weren't no sorry man that needed to be thrown into the Nile. Everybody's industrious. You can make it on your own. Don't you know, we started taking off from that house when we turned 18. I turned 18 on July the 20th. Two weeks later, I I left home for good. You know, when you work them like a slave, you ain't got to worry about them leaving. And hanging around the house. No, they, they are looking for the day. We had an emancipation proclamation. <laughs> I'm out. I was telling Daryl, my younger brother, I said, okay, brother, I ain't got but a couple more weeks and I'm out. I'm, I'm turning it over to you, man. I am out. <laughs> they taught us how to work. They taught us how to, to be diligent. I worked on a job three years when I was in high school. The same job, working at a grocery store. Before then, I was shining shoes and cutting yards and selling peanuts. And we found a way to to get into leather craft and we made wallets and keychains. These are young boys who are 11, 12, 13 years old. They didn't give us anything because we asked for it. You're going to have to go earn you some money if you want that. I'm talking about small kids. I ain't talking about, we want that. Want what? By the time you got through listening to a lecture from my dad, you couldn't have earned the money. <laughs> How many of you used to pick up soda water bottles and go sell them for the deposit? Since y'all young folks don't remember that, but they were two cents apiece. The soda was only five cents. You can get two cents for the bottle. So we had a hustle going picking up soda bottles. But that was a hustle. That was a work. That was a work ethic. And that has been lost in our generation. We become entitled. Somebody's supposed to do something for me. You're laying around waiting on somebody else to do it for you. But we were taught that you have to produce for yourself. Nobody else is going to do it for you. And even in the summertime when we were out of school and we were young, they would send us all up to the country. We thought we were going to play. (laughs) But that was another time where our grandparents used all these kids in the fields and we picked peas, and corn, and potatoes, and tomatoes, and they worked us like slaves. (laughs) We learned how to be industrious. Next, she told me, I learned from her, that I have a special ability. In other words, she spoke into my life particularly. You have your children, each one of your children are different. It is the parent's job to have a good understanding and appreciation of who you have. And when others may be telling you that you are not too bright, it is the parent who needs to tell you that you're smart. When others may tell you you can't succeed, it is the parent who needs to tell you that you can. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the Word of God to you, and we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you, no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's L-O-W-C-F dot O-R-G. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road.